Welcome to Main Street Banking, a podcast for community bankers brought to you by the Barrett School of Banking, located in the heart of banking, blues, and barbecue, Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Byron Earnhardt. I am the program director here at Barrett, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to our corner of the banking world and hope that we can make your bank, your staff, and maybe even your day a better one. Today we have Jim Reber with ICBA Securities discussing the outlook in the bond market and the recent volatility that we've seen there. As you know, Jim works with community banks all over the country and nobody has their ear to the ground in banking and the bond market quite like Jim. Here's our quarterly Main Street economic update for the first quarter in 2019. Okay, we have Jim Reber here with ICBA Securities. Jim, how you doing today? Fine, thank you, and uh, Happy New Year to all the listeners, to everyone. I hope uh, it's going to be a prosperous uh, 2019 for, for them. You know, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Well, we've had a lot of volatility in the stock market at the end of the year, the, especially in that last fourth quarter. How did that, how did that impact the bond market? <clears throat> uh, well, volatility was in more than one market. Right. Uh, that was uh, one of the more visible ones. It seemed like there was a daily dose of bad news out of... Uh, <laughs> Uh, stock prices. Uh, the the carnage was that uh, fourth quarter uh, S and P was down about fourteen percent. Now mm-hmm. so far in two thousand nineteen, it's recovered three or four percent of that, which means it's still down ten percent plus in the last um, you know in, in the last uh, hundred days or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 there turned out to be a flight to quality. Actually, uh, there there is some thought that the, the economy maybe was cooling, and uh, maybe uh, this is sort of a tipping point for the economy to start slowing down. So, uh, bond yields uh, sort of corrected themselves too. Um, boy, the the ten year Treasury, which is very visible because that's the in uh, the uh, benchmark off of which uh, thirty year mortgage rates mm-hmm. are based. That was down thirty something basis points in the fourth quarter. Um, other yield, other other uh, maturities were down less. Uh, for example, the two-year lost about uh, twenty basis points. But all bond prices actually increased in the fourth quarter of the year. And those uh, that are responsible for their their bond portfolios uh, know that their September to December bond portfolio values actually increased. So mm-hmm. I guess we'd call that part of a, partly a flight to quality, partly. Uh, uh, yields sort of uh, right-sizing themselves to, to, to whatever future uh, monetary policy we'll be looking at. Yeah. Well, what changed uh, during those 90 days, or in the last 90 days? We're recording this in the middle of January. What what changed in the last 90 mm-hmm. days? seems like suddenly there was a lot of bearish sentiment, sentiment out there. Yeah, and, and that uh, was partly due to, to trade concerns. We, we know about the discussions mm-hmm. going on between ourselves and the Chinese, and, and I guess there's still to be uh, clarity on our North American um, uh, agree, uh, uh, agreements, our, our treaties. Um, there were some segments of weakness uh, that uh, continued to emerge. Uh, housing, for example, uh, does, does not look like uh, it's expanding much. Right. Uh, there were a couple of uh, very visible earnings misses. I mm-hmm. think we know that Amazon had a, um, had a multi-billion dollar uh, revenue miss uh, in its uh, third quarter announcement. So, mm-hmm. um, so well, that just got everybody um, um, nervous. Stock prices were sort of high on a historical basis, but not egregiously so. Right. You know, one of the major measuring sticks is the price-earnings ratio on the, you know, on the S and P and on the on the Dow and such. Mm-hmm. 
you know, they were somewhere in the 20 times earnings range, and now they're somewhere in the 16 times earnings range. That's not that much different than it has been in the last three or four years. So it went from kind of toppy to sort of, you know, fairly valued now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so while it feels very painful, and you know, we all take a stock of uh, uh, whatever our, uh, in my case, paltry holdings are. Uh, <laughs> Uh, th- this was concentrated in a fairly short time period, and the, the longer term, uh, uh, the, the longer term values seem to not be too far out of whack. Assuming, of course, that earnings kind of puts along at about the growth pace that they've had recently. Right. What uh, What are we hearing out of the Fed in response to what we've been saying? Uh, they too have uh, kind of calmed the down on, on some of their. Um, um, comments and, and what they've uh, uh, projected for us. Uh, I guess the last dot plot we saw, uh, which was in December, uh, they were factoring in one, I think, maybe one and a half ease, uh, tightenings rather during mm-hmm. 2019. Um, a more recent picture we have is the Fed Funds Futures contract, which has nothing to do with the Fed. It's just uh, right. the investing public um, uh, kind of saying where they think rates will be in the future, and they're not projecting any tightening, zero that is, uh, for the entirety of 2019. Uh, the speakers uh, of the, the the Fed speakers, both the governors and the uh, uh, and and the regional presidents, uh, some of whom are voting members this year, some of whom are not, um, have have used uh, a similar theme of patience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see uh, how uh, um, often and how aggressively they do anything differently here. Um, uh, the, uh, certainly, I think that uh, any tightenings off the table for the first uh, uh, quarter of the year, that's in January and March, well, they'll be twice. Now, something that's going on in the background, remember, Byron, mm-hmm. is that the Fed is still winding down their enormous balance sheet. We're now under $4 trillion. Okay. Uh, we started at about $4.5 trillion. Um, so uh, they, they've, they, they've been able to run off about, uh, uh, I don't know if numbers... 12% of their, of, their, of their previous high. Um, so they have made comments when, when a Fed speaker has commented on that, they have left it open to adjust the wind down as they see necessary. So if continued weakness comes continues to come out, uh, they have uh, reserved the right to slow down on their wind down. Um, and it's hard to tell just how much the wind down has affected yields. Mm-hmm. It's hard to see that them getting rid of more than half a trillion dollars worth of bonds over the last year has really affected yields that much. And here's here's a benchmark for you. Um, usually the two-year treasury yield is about 40 basis points above Fed funds. Okay. Fed funds today is uh, the, the median range, median number is about two and three eighths. So in equilibrium, the two-year treasury would be somewhere around a two eighty. Mm-hmm. Today it's about a two fifty. Now is it a two eighty mm-hmm. in in uh, the third quarter? It's now at about a two fifty two. So there's really not any additional easing, rather yeah, uh, tightenings. Excuse me. There's no more Fed funds hikes that are in the Treasury yields. So while the Fed is winding down their balance sheet, it's tough to see that there is incremental yield because they're exiting the market that's really affected the type of yields that community banks end up with when they buy their agencies, they buy their Mm mortgage-backed securities, they buy their municipal bonds. So that's sort of a 
uh, a, a capsulization of things. Yeah, they're winding down. Yes, they're still in a, um, a net seller mode, mm -hmm. uh, but it doesn't look like the market has, has, um, uh, has, has factored in their exit into any of these yields. Mm. What, uh, what do you hear bankers talking about uh, as far as their operating challenges uh, in, in your line of work on the uh, for 2018 going into 2019? Uh, I think the uh, consistent uh, theme is um, lack of uh, balance sheet liquidity, mm -hmm. uh, partly due uh, to both sides of the balance sheet. Uh, one, loan demand still is pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, that's uh, not universally uniform loan demand across the country. There's different pockets of pretty darn hot and not too, not too hot. Um, so it depends on, on the particular market the bank is in, but um, I don't see any uh, uh, contraction, contracting of lending activity going on. Uh, deposits continue to be a challenge, though. Um, certainly the investment portfolio uh, isn't throwing off too much cash flow these days. They've, right. they've had a net shrinkage of bond portfolio size in the last couple of years. And, and the prepayment activity on mortgage backs has been quite, uh, quite slow um, to the extent that agencies can call their debt away. The, the most, a lot of their debt is no longer in the money to be called. So banks are ending up with questions about where can I come up with liquidity. So they're, they're doing some, um, um, uh, some out of the box, not necessarily unsafe things, uh, but maybe non-traditional um, um, uh, debt raisings. Uh, some perhaps some uh, uh, some cedars type uh, uh, raisings, perhaps some wholesales. Uh, sometimes they are net sellers of bonds. Mm -hmm. So so the liquidity management theme, I guess, is what I'm saying. Byron is 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 something that uh, uh, banks are, are coming to us with these days. It's not a whole lot of what bond should I buy next. It's mm -hmm. where 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 can I go to my balance sheet for liquidity? Well I imagine there's a good bit of education consulting role that comes with you that comes to with that with ICBA securities. What uh what's ICBA Securities offering in terms of education here in the near term? Well since you asked Byron uh <laughs> This, 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 Just laying it out there for you. <laughs> this may be timely uh, uh, to remind our, our listeners. We do have a uh, eight-part webinar series that we're going to be uh, launching. The first date is uh, February 19th. Mm -hmm. uh, we will be talking about investment portfolio strategies for 2019, and some of which I've alluded to during this podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about there. One of my uh, associates, Daniel Anderson from uh, Vining Sparks, will be actually doing that. Uh, ViningSparks.com is where uh, the bankers can register for this if they haven't received a uh, prompt or at least a save the date from us yet. Uh, this is going to be the first of eight. Uh, we will be offering um, an hour's worth of continuing education for those who dial in. We hope that you're able to do that. Uh, and then a little bit, uh, uh, a little uh, further down this into the spring, will be the ICBA National Convention. That'll be uh, March. Uh, roughly 18th to 20th first. Uh, it'll be in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that'll be the largest gathering of community bankers in the United States. Uh, my uh, associates and I will be uh, um, uh, conducting four different learning labs uh, while we're in Nashville, and uh, I would uh, certainly look forward to uh, having anybody uh, uh, who's listening to this and will be in Nashville to come see us, and uh, uh, there'll be uh, plenty of uh, literature about what workshops and what titles on what dates appearing on the icba.org website. Yeah, so. and what we'll do, uh, Jim, is we'll put 
<coughs> we'll put this webinar information on the show page where we'll be rolling out a new modified web page. Um, the blog is going to be moving over to sort of be a support page for the podcast. Okay. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have that information on the show page along with links to this episode, uh, links to any information that you'd want to uh, share in regards to this episode. So, okay, And terrific. we'll be in Nashville. Chris and I will be in Nashville. Great. You'll be, uh, you'll be positioned strategically very close to ICBA Central mm -hmm. and ICBA Securities in the Expo. And I have been known to pull the microphone out and do spot interviews for the podcast, so bankers beware. <laughs> Jim Reber beware. That's right. We're going to follow Jim Reber around for a night or two in that downtown Nashville. All right. Well, Jim, I appreciate your time. If I could, yeah. before we sign off here, Byron, uh, what I really meant to mention earlier is if we are finished with this tightening cycle, oh, yeah. it will be by far the lowest stopout point we've ever had. Um, last time we went to a stopout uh, number, it mm -hmm. was in 2006. Fed funds is five and a quarter. Today, <laughs> it's less than half that, okay? Um, the little time before that was in the year 2000. The stopout level was 6%. Mm -hmm. So I can understand the Fed wanting to give themselves room to uh, stimulate the economy mm -hmm. by, by being able to drop. So that's maybe why they were pushing the envelope a little bit as we got late into 2018. Um, hard to see that it's really done too much damage yet. You know, Fed funds is, you know, running below or a little bit above um, inflation. So there is a real cost mm -hmm. to Fed funds over above inflation. Uh, and we still have a below 4% unemployment rate. So mm -hmm. that dual mandate is still being served pretty well. So so this is these these are these are un, unprecedented times for the Fed to be talking about maybe we're done mm -hmm. at 2 point something for Fed funds. So well, and we were I was looking at something that I uh, from the St. Louis Fed of uh, some of the interest rates on 30-year mortgages and um, I was looking at the, the rates I'm actually in the process of hopefully moving soon, so 30-year mortgages are relevant <laughs> relevant in my neck, in, in my world. Um, but you know, you were talking about the the drop-down points of 2006. Well, I mean, the 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 mortgage rates were consist considerably higher than what we're seeing now. And so they're they're the talk of I, I'm having a hard time seeing where the consumer is going to be running away from the credit because we had a huge appetite for real estate debt in 2006 and seven. We're way below that, um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see the next 12, 6, 12, 18 months. That perhaps is something we can discuss on the next podcast. I, I, I imagine we just teed up the next Main Street Economic Update podcast. So, Jim, Always th a pleasure. thanks again. Appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Well, that's our episode for today. We hope you've enjoyed yourself and learned a little something. If you haven't already, please feel free to subscribe to our podcast and drop us a five-star rating. You can follow us at Barrett Banking on Twitter or Barrett School of Banking on Facebook and LinkedIn. And we even have a new community banking road trip playlist on Spotify highlighting your favorite songs about your home state. Check that out and feel free to submit your favorite song about your state to add to the playlist. We have an ever-growing slate of classes, seminars, and webinars that are available, and not to mention our industry-recognized Graduate School of Banking every May, and we look forward to seeing you at any or all of our events. For more information, check out our website at barrett.ws. And from Memphis, the heart of banking, blues, and barbecue, we'll see y'all next time on Main Street Banking.